Thank you so much for joining us for the Summit Podcast. This message was produced with you in mind, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has shown himself faithful in your life. Email us at mystory@summittogether.com. Uh, one of the ministries we support and partner with is a ministry called Good News India, and they literally are good news to the nation of India. One of the things they do is they have uh, dream they have uh, dream centers that they provide hope for kids who have no hope. They provide them uh, homes, they provide them food, they provide them an education, and they're doing an incredible work transforming a nation through the children of India. And so I'm excited today that their director and our friend, Dr. Raman, is with us. He's going to be bringing the word. He's going to be sharing a little bit about Good News India with us as well. And I want to encourage you right now, at the end of this service, you're going to have an opportunity to partner with Good News India uh, in a couple of ways. And so just be, be ready for that. We, are, we don't do a lot of asking at the summit for, you know, hey, we want you to give to this or taking up special offerings and things like that. But today, this is a good cause, and we want to uh, ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with this organization and with this man. So please do me a favor and welcome with me to the stage, Dr. Raman. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Let me grab your podium for it. Hallelujah. Could I hear a praise the Lord? Oh, say it again. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mel. I met him today for the first time. Big. Strong and handsome. Three things I don't have. And I thought, that's just not fair, God. Why do you put me with these pastors who are big and strong and good-looking GQ men? And I, I have a face only a mother can love. And I know that, you know, uh, I was sort of hit with the ugly stick when I was born, and that's the way it is. One woman said to me, no, you were not hit with the ugly stick. You were born in the ugly tree. And you hit every limb on the way down, and I'll never forget that. Uh, but this morning, quickly looking over, I feel a little comforted, Pastor Mel, that I'm not alone. There are others who are here with me, but I've got 30 minutes. It's very difficult, but I simply want to begin by saying 47 years ago at the AG Church in Calcutta, under Mark Buntain's ministry, I walked away from Islam. I was born into a Muslim home, but I found Jesus as my Savior in, in the mid-teen years in Calcutta, India. And it's been 47 years, and in the beginning I want to testify, Jesus is still the sweet rose of Sharon. He is still the bright and morning star. He is still the Alpha and Omega, and I love him more today than I ever have. If you have walked in here and you have walked away from the Lord, or your, your relationship has grown cold, or maybe you've never, ever become a follower of Jesus, today is the day that if you will give your life to him and serve him, I promise you, in 47 years, he will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will be your savior. Hallelujah. And I worship him for that. Uh, 30 years after my conversion, I'm really rushing. I got the, oh man, anyway, 30 years after my conversion, I was back in India. I was pastoring in Houston, Texas, long story, but I had gone to India to preach and it was 30 hours by air and it was four hours by train and then two hours by bus, the bus you got to push to start and sometimes he doesn't wait on you, he takes off. So back to the edge of a river, it never, you know, they said, Pastor, get out, we're going in the water, all right, um, and this was in the state of Bengal. 
Senegal, where I grew up in. And so we got on this boat, two boats in that big, long river because there was a sandbank in the middle of the river. And we finally got there to the end, man, and I'm saying to myself, this is rather remote. Uh, I'm in my home territory, but I've never been this far. Well, on the other end was a Jeep that sat eight people, eight. Of us got into that Jeep uh, and we made our way in the middle of nowhere. And I'm saying, guys, where are we going? Oh, they said, even the police don't come. No kidding. Why don't the cops come? Lodhas. I said, really, who are they? 80,000 people that had just come off the trees literally about five years ago and assimilating into the 21st century. And I said, really, what do they do? I'm a curious guy. They said, oh, you know, if we if it gets toward dusk, and it was getting toward dusk, they drop a tree in front of you, they drop a tree behind you you in, take everything you got and beat you to death. Not something that inspires you to preach, eh? And I thought to myself, you shouldn't have told me that. But I asked. Uh, I said, God, I'm not ready to die. I've got two little children back in Houston. I got a nice wife. I said, I'm not. Well, God say, well, he did. Uh, we made it in the middle of nowhere and I preached. Um, about 28 to 30 people were there. I preached about 15 minutes. You should be so lucky. Pastor said, I got 30. I might take 35 today, but I'm not going to preach 15. Hallelujah. So I did. Uh, at the end of that, I gave the altar call. You know, beloved, 18 people that day stood to their feet and they said, we're walking away from Hinduism. We're tired of animism, tribalism. We're going to follow Jesus as Savior. Hallelujah. I gave them some literature. I talked with them for a little bit. They had a pastor. I said, go on, go see your pastor. I was ready to hoof it out of there. I'm a city guy. I don't want to be this deep interior. I grew up in Calcutta, Houston, uh, uh, Springfield. I mean, I love the big cities. And I thought to myself, I don't want to be here. I want to get back to where I belong. And I'm waiting for lunch. You know, you meet and then you eat. Good Pentecostal fashion. So we had to wait for lunch, uh, dinner rather. And so I'm waiting and the director said, please, I've heard about your ministry. We are very far interior. No one knows we're here. And I thought, my, you got that right, Baba. Nobody knows you're here. What are you doing so far interior? That he said, I'm from here. God sent me back to my hometown here. I was living in New Delhi. My name is Mr. Das. And, and because people don't know, life is very difficult here. And, and we need some help. Uh, we have no industry, no jobs. Six months we plant. The other six months we make ropes out of lee, out of grass. And we make plates out of leaves. Life is hard. We're Will you please help us? And I had no inkling to do anything, but I was a pastor. I had my doctorate. I had to say something holy. And so I thought to myself, uh, let me pray about it. That sound good? And God smacked me so hard it still hurts. After all these years, uh, he said, when you walked away from Islam, I put a missionary in your life. I put the AG church in your life. I put a church in your life. Uh, I, I put a sponsor in your life. She helped you clear through. And by the way, beloved, I'm doing what I'm doing because Mrs. Horn, a little five foot two eyes of blue lady from outside Atlanta, Georgia, touched my life in 1967, became my sponsor, sent me $5 a month uh, to take care of my education when my family disowned me because I had become a follower of Jesus and they said, you're on your own. They never threw me out of the house, but they said, you're on your own. Mrs. Horn was there for me. That five bucks took care of all of my needs and I had some money to put aside uh, and she was my sponsor through the 70s, 80s, 90s into my master's and doctorate program at the age of 101. Mrs. Horn finally died outside of Atlanta and as long as I live, I will say she impacted my life and because she did, it's come full circle 
hospital and when Tarun said to me, please help me, and I said, I don't want to, but God said, you will. And I said to God, I'm nobody, Lord. What can I do? And God gave me four words, beloved, that are still with me. He said, I will help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And because God said that, we began. Good News India. We began with 25 children in one small home. I called it a children's home for a while, but I, I found the word Dream Center while working with Tommy Barnett. I said to Pastor Barnett, I'm going to steal that. He said, you can steal it. And so I changed it now to Dream Centers. We have 30 Dream Centers with around 3,000 children that live with us 24-7. Hallelujah. And the best part, beloved, is I'm not into child care and feeding and clothing. We do all of that. I have one purpose in my life. And Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, beloved. All of my children from 5 through 18, 19, 20 are saved. They know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm so thrilled about. Glory to God. And in the interest of time, whoever the video person is, if we can go to the India facts, please. I'm going to really rush through this. Um, if you've got the India facts up there, uh, and we'll see if we can get why am I in India? I'm in India because of what one country is all about. The world has got some six, seven billion people. The combined population, there, there you go. All of North and South America, two continents, 900 million people together. Next, please. Uh, India alone has 1.2 billion people. Count that. Uh, next one, please. All of Europe, Russia, combined population, 880. That's two continents and a huge country. Next, you got to write India, 1.2 billion people, one nation, uh, all of, uh, next slide please, um, all of Africa, Middle East, combined population, 920 million people, that's a whole continent and half a, half a continent, look at that, India alone has 1.2 billion people and if that was not enough, next one please, um, uh, North and South America, 50% Christian to reach the remaining 50%. Europe and Russia, 30% Christian to reach the remaining 70. Africa, 35 to reach the remaining 65. India, maybe at 6% to reach the remaining 94. Our task is clear. God must love ordinary, simple, middle class, lower middle class people because he made so many of them. But he's given us the privilege of taking this gospel and taking it to them in Jesus' name. And we will. Hallelujah. Somebody asked me one time, are Indians terrorists and I said, nah, we got a few nuts like that. But mainly we make babies. We don't kill people. That's why we got 1.2 billion people. I, I, I got to move on, please. If we, if we can put up that next slide on goodness into the main slide that's coming up there. And I'll show you where I'm heading in just a minute. The, uh, if we can get to the PowerPoint that is in the main slide. There's one main slide coming up that has, no, please, if we can skip the video, I'm sorry. If you want to watch the video, come back at 11 o'clock, would you please? Um, pastor said he's got a gun over there at 1030. He'll fire it at my direction. Uh, so, so I really got to get done. I think if I took five minutes, he's so big, strong, and handsome, he may forgive me. You see that? That picture is from 2004 when I had 250 children. And if you want to look at the picture, I love it because all of these kids are now in university and in college. Good News India. Our difference is we will keep them through university. We don't let them go at high school. They go back into poverty. You sponsor a child through any organization. I don't care who. And you take him for three, five, seven years. And at grade 10, you let them 
them go in India, most parts of Asia, that child will go back into poverty. And I ask, what is that all about? The other thing we do is we keep them 24-7. Nobody does. Most child care programs are three hours a day. We keep them 24-7, three big meals, snacks, medication, education, hassles, falling in love, you name it, we do it. You see all these kids uh, uh, on the left, uh, teacher, nursing college, teacher, teacher, Bible college, uh, engineer, big nursing college, school principal, nurse, nurse, teacher, teacher, BA, BA, BCOM, BCOM. We are getting them somewhere, and that's what thrills me is they came. Tell me I haven't changed. Tell me I still look the same. I don't want to get old. Uh, but this is about 14 years old. And all of these kids are now in university in BA, BCom doing the thing. Next, please. I got to move on. Uh, this is next, please. I'll slide my text today. I got to give you a text. Um, it's found in Mark chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And I'm going at a crazy tangent with my, with, um, with my basic message. Uh, is in, the Bible says they came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four men. They could not come near. They discovered the roof, you know the story in Mark 2. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Next one, please. I believe it's in Acts 9. They watched the gates. These are the enemies of the gospel who hated the new convert, uh, Saul, who had becoming Paul, and that night to kill Paul. Then the disciples took him by night, let him down over the wall in a large basket. My message is very simple. It's a tangent off of these two scripture verses is rope holders. I am looking today in the next 15, 20, 30 minutes have got four rope holders. Uh, beloved, when those four guys came into the house in Capernaum, could not get in, would be very easy to say, we tried, man, that place is too packed, we'll come back next year. Oh no, they would not give up and I could park it and preach it there because they went up onto the roof and they opened it up. Somebody had to pay for that. When it was all said and done, somebody had to pay for that. But they let the man down in front of Jesus. He found salvation and healing. Can you say hallelujah? He did. And then we see in our, in our other verse is when Paul was in danger, they let him down in a basket. And when they did, he was able to escape. Somebody was holding the rope. If we can keep the slide up there, please. I'll just go one by one on those slides unless we lost it in modern technology. I never know which way it goes. There we go. Number one, they were anonymous. We don't know who these people were. And I'm looking for rope holders today who will take care of a missionary or a child or a homeless person here or somebody in Indiana and you will be anonymous. Pastor may never mention you, but God who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Say amen. I wish I had time in every one of these to park it and tell you that if you do work in the kingdom of God, the best work that is done is sometimes if you remain anonymous. No one knows But Jesus said, your father sees you. Next slide, please. Uh, They worked at night. It was inconvenient when the disciples were told uh, to come and let down this possum in a basket. They may have been watching their TV show. They may have been wanting to go somewhere or have an evening bowling game. And they were told, no, you got to go to the side of the wall and let this man down. It would have been easy to say, no, I don't want to do that. But they did. uh, When you work for the kingdom of God, rope holders. 
rope holders when you will say, I will hold the rope. I will hold the rope for somebody who needs help. And they were anonymous. Number two, they worked at night. It is inconvenient. Next, please, they held on until he reached safety. If you take on an assignment in the kingdom of God, if you take on a work in the kingdom of God, see it through. Say amen. If you take on a teaching assignment, if you take on a work in the church, if you take on the task of helping somebody, they saw him through. And I can always imagine one of the guys in there who may have said, you know, this guy, he persecuted my church. He killed my brother. He was responsible for my uncle's death. My church was blown up because of him. Any one of the four, and it took four. And by the way, if tradition is right, Paul was cross-eyed, bald-headed, bow-legged, and big, fat. And any one of them said, I don't want to do this, man. Let him suffer, let him fall. But no, they held on till he got to the ground. If you do take something on for God, see it through because the kingdom of God is greater than anything else. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. And finally, the last slide, please, is they, they didn't know who he was or what lay ahead for Saul. They had no clue that this bald-headed, bow-legged, cross-eyed guy would cross the then-known world and he would turn it upside down. He would write half the New Testament. He would found the, the dozens of churches. They had no idea who he was. And beloved, you have no idea who you are touching when you touch one of my children. You have no idea who you're ministering to when you stop and you give of your ministry to a life. You don't know what God can do because while anyone can count the seeds in one apple, only God can count the apples in one seed. Hallelujah. And therefore, you don't know, I tell my children, you don't know what God can do through you. He may make you into the next prime minister of India. He may make you into the next governor of your state. You may be the district court judge. These are dream centers. I put the dreams in them and I say to all of them, if you ever become the head of India and you become prime minister, I'm your daddy. You will give me a first class permanent ticket on Air India for the rest of my life. And they said, yes, we will, daddy. Uh, oh, I got to move on. Uh, hallelujah. Next slide, please. We have 30 dream centers, uh, 3,000 residents of children, 450 lepers. I wish I had time. And I will in the next few minutes I got talking about lepers. 500 girls, high risk from being sold into the brothels. I got to them before the traffickers ever did. We interdict them before the traffickers ever will. And while there are ministries that get them from the brothel, it is hard, it is difficult, it is complicated, it involves tons of money. And I said, God, I don't want to do that. I don't know how to look into the eyes of a girl who's been through that for two, three, four, five years. I will get to them before. We have a network of people that identify these girls. We get to the mother. We say, would you please give the child to us? We will look after him. And that's how they have no clue where they could have been headed. And as long as God gives me breath, they will never see the inside of a brothel, but they'll know Jesus loves me. This I know. Hallelujah. 2,400 kids rescued from bondage slavery. This is indentured slavery, beloved, by the way. India today has more children in slavery than the entire African slave trade combined. 2015, there are some 30 million slaves all over the world. 15 million are in India. Every five minutes, 
every five minutes, one girl is sold, traded, kidnapped, bonded into sexual poverty, and she'll remain there until she's destroyed every five minutes, beloved. That's why I'm a man that is on fire, and I refuse to quit until the day I go home. Next slide, please. Uh, we have uh, the, the GNI differences. We don't keep them three hours. A lot of these big ministries, God bless them. They're doing a great job, but we keep ours 24-7. How can I influence a child for the kingdom of God at half an hour a day? I cannot do it to break the bondage of superstition and tribalism and animism and fatalism and karma and all of that baloney. you got to put the word of God in them, put a new way of thinking in them, and that's what we do, which is why we keep them very few. In fact, I'm not aware of anybody that does, and we keep them through university. Every one of my children, if they can't hack university, they will get a chance to go to a Votech and become a carpenter, uh, you know, auto mechanic, whatever. But that's why we keep them and we put in them a Christian worldview. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. We, this is the lady that was my wife um, on the right three years ago. God called her home. I think he needed a pianist and a singer, so he called her home. And I'm running the battle now alone, but, but God has called me to do that. This is Mrs. Horn, the lady who sponsored me and who took care of me. And that's why I do what I do. Next slide, please. Is in Eastern India is where we are. Next slide, please. Uh, once a year, twice a year, the adults come. I learned a phrase in India, when you pull the ear, the head comes along. What does that mean? That simply means when you get to the children, you get to the adults. And once a year, they come to us, and we're able to minister Jesus into their lives. When they come to pick up the children, say hi. Next slide, please. This is a typical GNI Dream Center 2000. Uh, no, 8,000 square foot building, and we can house 200 children in there until Jesus comes. Next slide, please. Brand new Dream Center we dedicated a few months ago. And if you ever wanted to build or you know someone that does, it's about $120,000 to build a Dream Center on half an acre of land that will house about 150 to 200 children until Jesus comes home. And many an individual have done that in memory of a loved one. Next, please. I got to move on. These are my kids. Aren't they happy kids? I don't have any sad kids. I mean, I don't know how to show bloated bellies and fallen teeth. And yeah, we they, they, they come to us in those conditions. But once they come to us and they find the love of Jesus. They are the happiest children ever. Next, please. I got to move on. Um, is they study hard. Our kids are doing very well academics and so on. Next, please. Slide. And we graduate them. We're having 320 graduates coming up in the month of June. The best thing, and these are from both the, 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 the Dream Center that you take care of. Next slide, please. Uh, we promote the arts very heavily. Some of you may want to come as a team. Every time I go to India, I take teams. I've just taken four or five teams this past year. I'm going in, in June. I'm taking a team with me. If ever you wanted to come and minister, you're welcome to. Next slide, please. Over. Aren't they beautiful? 2,400 calls me daddy eat your heart out they call me daddy because they've never had a father. I know about 1,500 by name. It is a very personal thing to me because they've never had a family. They've never had a father. But in Jesus and through what he's done in my life. Next slide, please. They are my kids. Uh, these are the both children. They're tops in academics and they're tops in arts and their whole community. The whole community is afraid of them. Uh, three days a week they wear the white ribbon. Three days a week they wear red ribbons. And anytime there's a sports competition in town, they say, Oh, man, if those white ribbon, red ribbons are coming, forget it. They'll take it all. And they do. Uh, next slide, please, uh, as we promote the arts also here. Watch this for a minute.
All right, that's all I got time for. Next slide, please. We do Bible reading every time the kids get together. They read the Bible. This is the whole Dream Center, and they are quoting Psalm 23. All right, let me stop right there. Go on to the next one, please. Uh, these are kids in worship, by the way, on the Bible study and the Bible reading. Most of my kids memorize 200 verses a year. All of them, because they're with us, they begin at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I've got a bunch of kids who have memorized Psalm 119. That's got 176 verses in it. There was a competition one time all, all around the city. Three of my kids memorized Psalm 119. Pastor couldn't believe it. An outside pastor, he brought three other pastors with Bibles and said if they missed the letter A and the disqualify him. Three of my kids knocked it out of the park. Psalm 119, 176 verses. Verses they got right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Next one, please. I got to move on to the next video. Is This is the I'm Dream Pastor Center Mayo. in Bode. Hi, Summit Church. Uh, this is Dr. Raman. I'm behind the camera at Bode Dream Center where the kids are and the painting job is just about done. It is early February and I want to say thanks. And the kids have a message to say to you. You helped to paint that. I want to say thanks. Can you understand that? I can. Okay, that was the first attempt <laughs> at, at trying to say, hello, Pastor Mel, hello, Summit Church, let me try it again. And I may have to prompt them. You understand most of these kids don't speak English. Hello, Summit Church. Hello, Summit Church. Hello, Pastor Mel. Hello, Pastor Mel. Thank you. Thank you. For painting. painting. Our building. Our building. We love it. We love, it. we love it. All right, I love it too. Let's move on to the next one, please. <laughs> These are the older girls who want to say thank you. Okay. This is Jayanti. Thank you, Samich. Thank you, Samich. And this is Sebati. These are all the girls who are in college. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next one, please. I don't know what the next video is. Oh, here we are. Listen to them. You follow that, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Next one, please. Chapel. Just a regular chapel. All right, next one, please. They are in prayer. They don't know I'm filming them. I had a little camera in my hand. They didn't know I was, but they're seeking God in prayer. And they pray for you. They pray for Pastor Mel every morning, every, every night. Not just in both, but every dream center we have. They pray fervently. They pray loud. And they call on God. Next one, please.
This is worship time at both. They know how to touch the heart of God in prayer. And every morning and every evening, they are in worship and prayer just like this. Let me move on, please. Next one. Let me go on over ministry to lepers all around us. I didn't want to be involved, but I had to be because they were all around us in the New Testament. Jesus touched them again and again. These are not some things I had planned, but they were there just one by one roll then, please. And I first met them about seven, eight years ago, and I got involved in the world. It's a dreadful disease. The social and religious prejudice are indeed horrific. Back in India, and these people have nowhere to turn. And God said to me, bring them in. Bring them in, give them the gospel, give them food, give them shelter, give them clothing, give them my gospel, pray over them, and I will take care of them. And we did. We began to bring them in one by one. We began to tend to their wounds. We began to find healing in their broken minds and spirits. I baptized about 25 of them in Jesus' name into the kingdom of God. Leave it there, please, for a second. Just hang on. At the leper center, these three old geezers, they fell in love with three old geezies they had never met, and they wanted to get married. They came to me and they said, Daddy, I said, don't call me Daddy, you're older than I am. Uh, they said, Daddy, we want to get married. And my joy last year to marry off these three couples, I wept a lot because these people were thrown out like trash and garbage on the road. But the gospel of Jesus found them, brought them to us. They found healing and not only healing, but they found each other and they're in love. And I was so happy about that. Hallelujah. I got to move on. Next slide, please. Thank you, Jesus. Um, these are their children. I have 120 of their children. We look after about 550 to 600 lepers across our state area. And God helping me, we're going to get to 1,000 of these children. Next slide, please. Let's keep it moving one by one. The primitive headhunters, I wish I had time. We penetrated their world. We go, oh, man, it's a crazy story. How we met with them one time. And when I did, back up, back up, please. If you'll just back up a slide. Can I back up? Yeah. When I went to meet them, it was... Uh, I had five Americans with me. I thought I was meeting a small group of six, eight people. 2,000 people were there. And when I pulled in, they had been waiting for us all day. I said, look, I know we're late in coming. You've been expecting us to come. But if you kill us and you eat us or you bury us, nobody will come to help you. They began to laugh. That broke the ice. We had a meeting with them that lasted 20 minutes, and we had to get out of there. As we did, I said, I'll be back. They said, yeah, right, you'll be back. Nobody comes back to us. We kill for a living because we don't know how to farm, and we don't know how to take care of animals and that's all we do we are exploited I said I'll be back next please uh, one of my guests gave me six thousand dollars I came back with sixty thousand pounds of food they couldn't believe it uh, next please keep it rolling we gave 335 families enough food for a month I was so thankful and in Jesus name this is not an altar call they're saying take our children we uh, we may be under arrest we may, we may have arrest warrants on us but take our children these are the children I got darling children they can slit your throat with a knife and think nothing about it because that's the way they're raised. This old lady gave me two, about an acre of property and we built a dream center on it. A lawyer in D.C. helped me and in that dream center where these kids were learning to kill and so, so on. Now in that dream center, they're learning the songs of Jesus and the police commissioner said in that area, crime has dropped 90%. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It makes a difference. So, High-risk girls, beloved, it begins at the age of eight when these girls are sold off and they are violated 20 times a day. I've raised a daughter, and I can't imagine what 
a young girl at the age of eight and nine has to go through. When she just leave it there for a second, please. Uh, these are the young ones we've taken in and we've interdicted before the traffickers ever get to them. Because if I don't, they will. They are working 24-7 to get to these girls. Uh, and because I'm on fire, I will get to as many as God gives me because the violation begun, begins at the age of eight and nine. And Indian businessmen in their superstition will pay a huge amount of money when they are starting a new business to defrock or deflower a virgin girl in order to bless their business. This kind of twisted thinking leaves India in a place where pedophiles and the destruction of children are everywhere. And I'm saying, God, everywhere I go and whatever I can do, I will. No girl deserves to be violated like that 20, 30 times a day. And God helping me, we will. Um, we've got a dream, three dream centers. Next, please, I want to open up as many as I can and rescue thousands of these from having been taken off and the people of God can help me do it. Say amen. We can do it in Jesus' name. Uh, these are some of our girls. Next, please go on. I don't know where this is ending. Um, oh, here we go. Hokey pokey, G&I style. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's it. That's what it's all about. Okay. You, thank you. You will never sing hokey pokey the same way again. I have just retaught you how to sing hokey pokey. You give your life to Jesus and you turn your life around. That's what it's all about. These are the both dream center children that are there. Go on, please. And I've got a bunch of them that have no sponsors in both. I've got about 25 girls. I've got one picture over here. And it takes 35 a month. All of it goes to the child. I live on $1,000 salary a month. I couldn't care less about my own welfare. I couldn't care less about a future. I couldn't care less about savings and all of that stuff. I believe if I take care of God's people, God will take care of me. Say amen. And therefore, everything you give goes to them. And these are some of the children who need a sponsor. It is 35 a month, not your tithe. It belongs in the church. Say amen. I will take your offering if you'll give it. I am after your restaurant money. One trip to a restaurant, beloved, once a month. Just once a month when you go to a restaurant. If you say, I'll go home and have a sandwich or something, and that 35 you give toward a child, I can change a child's life because they are with me 24-7 through university, and all you need to do is miss one restaurant meal a month and we can do it. If at the back there, come and pick up one of these white cards. You'll be the only sponsor six times a year. She'll write to you. And beyond that, every time you write, she'll write back. We can impact these kids who otherwise would have been destroyed in superstition. But God can help us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I think there's one more, please. The, lad, the very last slide is the government has come in. I think we've got one more slide about what, what I need. The government has come in and said, we need bunk beds. I said, that's bunk. They said, no, you need bunk beds. I said, why? Half of India sleeps on the floor, but they insisted. So I've got to get bunk beds in there. And I need 25 bunk beds at both. They're about 200 each. So I've come to pastors to say, I need about $5,000 to help me get a bunk bed. And in Jesus' name, we can do that. But please, beloved, uh, be a rope holder. Be a rope holder for somebody. You can hold the rope. You may remain anonymous. 
No one may ever know that. Um, you may have to work at night. It's difficult. That consistent 35 special projects, whatever. Um, and, and at times it, it does get hard, uh, but you don't know who you're touching. You don't know what that child can do in Jesus' name. And I'm saying to you, as you become a rope holder, somebody needs your help. One time somebody held the rope for me. Somebody held the rope for me. And now I want to hold the rope and get them in front of Jesus. I know he will touch them. I know that paralytic will get up and walk away when Jesus does that. And here is the need I've got. I've got smaller needs. I've got medium needs. And if some of you have an eccentric billionaire uncle that doesn't know what to do with his money, have him build me a dream center. It'll house 200 children until Jesus comes. And this is what Good News India is all about. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for a church and a pastor that I sense has a heart, a great heart for the work of God around the world. And I pray out of this message today, there will be dozens and dozens of rope holders. Rope holders for family members here in Indiana, for family and friends around this state, uh, for the lost and the underprivileged even in this community. And oh God, to stretch even as far as India, there will be rope holders who will walk out of here who will say, I can be a rope holder for somebody. I ask, oh God, there, your blessings upon this church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Mel. Thank you, Dr. Roman. He's lucky because I had my gun ready. Um, well, thank you, sir. Dr. Robin will be available. He's got a table set up in the lobby. Um, a couple ways that you can partner with Good News India. The first is to sponsor a child. It's $35 a month, and we have a number of people in our church that do this already, that, um, that take that on, take that responsibility on, and, and they have a relationship with those kids. Like he said, um, you know, they write letters to you, and you can write letters to them. Um, and so... If that's something that maybe God is laying on your heart, it's $35 a month. And it sounds like you go, man, $35 a month. But like he said, it's, it's, one, it's one trip to, uh, to Hassa's a month with you and your family. It's one meal eating out. Uh, for some of you, it's, it's three Starbucks runs. Um, you know, we all have different things. So I, I would love for you to prayerfully consider that. The other need they have is um, they need bunk beds. And so... If you're interested in supporting that and saying, hey, I want to help with a bunk bed, this is what we're going to do. When you uh, make a checkout today, <clears throat> or uh, I'm not sure if we can earmark it online or not, but when you make a checkout or you give cash and put it in an offering envelope, if you put missions on that, everything that we bring in today for missions is going to be given toward uh, the bunk bed project for Good News India to help them uh, come into compliance with federal law. And so... Uh, if you want to help, there's several ways you can do that today. Maybe you're here and you're going, eh, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I really want to help. Uh, stop by, visit with Dr. Raman. He is not here to collect money. He's not here to raise support. He's here to help us know that there's a big, big need. And we have the ability to do something to help with that. And so if, if you would help, uh, I think God will bless you for that. I, I really do. And so this is not me trying to twist your arm. This is just saying when we're obedient to what God's asking us to do, he blesses us. And so I want to challenge you today to be obedient. You know, you've seen a number of things that they did, even that we've already, we paid for them to, to paint one of their dream centers. And, and we support them very heavily every month. And so when you give to the summit financially, you are giving to Good News India, whether you realize it or not. And so you are making an eternal difference in people's lives and people's hearts. And we're talking about headhunters, and we're talking about rescuing what girls from, from uh, human trafficking. And, and these are real things. So I just want to say thank you 
for your generosity. But I want to challenge you. Step up and let's see what we can do to help continue to help Good News India. If you want to give, there's several ways you can do that. So I want to challenge you to do that today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to know him. So if you would, bow your head and close your eyes all over this place. Maybe you're here today and you heard stories about some of these girls that had no hope, some of these students that had no hope, they didn't have a future. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you have no hope and no future. I want you to know that there is a future in Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you say, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want to. I don't know Jesus, but I want to. I'm not going to make you come forward. I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want to pray with you before you leave today. And so if you're here today and you say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life, would you just put your hand up real high so I can pray with you with nobody looking around? I just want to pray with you where you're at. If you're here today and you say, I want to know Jesus, I want to have a relationship with God, just slip your hand up. All right. Thank you over here on my right. I appreciate it. Awesome. Who else says that to me? Pray for me. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Okay. I want every person in this place to repeat this prayer after me. Whether you raised your hand or not, repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me even when I feel unlovable. Take my life and turn it into something miraculous. Use it for your glory. I'll never go back to my old life. I choose you because you have chosen me. I love you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we give God a round of applause for that? Thank you, Jesus. Now listen. If you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't, but you should have, uh, there's a prayer card in that seat back in front of you. Fill out the side that says uh, salvation or rededication. Let us know what you, what you did, and drop that in the offering boxes you leave today. Let us know about that decision. If you need prayer of any kind, uh, we want to pray with you about that. So our worship team is here. Our prayer team is going to be on either side of the stage. So let's stand. Let's worship together one more time, and then we're going to be dismissed. God bless you guys. I love you more than you know. I'm so glad I get to be your pastor. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To watch this message on video, go to summittogether.com.